You are listening to Wait a Minute with Beth and Jessica, episode 69. I'm Jessica Pearson, certified life coach. And I'm Beth Barnett Babel, integrative nutrition therapist. So we keep our eyes peeled for things in the media or in real life that come from diet culture or that perpetuate diet culture in some way. These are often the subtle ways in which it creeps in, which is why we are shining a light on it and sharing it with you. Yes. So we did some homework and we watched the new diet documentary on Netflix called You Are What You Eat, which I kept seeing it, you know, in the top 10. And I was like, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. When you told me about it, I hadn't Mm -hmm. been logged into Netflix. And then when you told me about it, it was number three when I went to go find it and be like, oh, I I want to watch this. It was number three on Sunday night. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I was like, you know what? I probably should watch this. Do you think they waited to release it on new year's when did it come out i don't know if they waited or if it's just that more people are you know so gung-ho in the new year to change their diet that they're attracted to this kind of content but yeah it's no mistake that it was at least this time of year that it came out every six months to a year there's like the new doc that comes out about the way to eat right (laughs) so i think we've been seeing these i mean I feel like when we started culinary school, there were documentaries yeah. coming out, and that was 2011. Fork over, fork over knives and something else. Yeah, and so we've watched a lot of these already, and I'm always open to learning new things, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I have some judgments where I'm like, what is going to be possibly presented to me that I don't already know? Which is- oh, yeah, I've missed several because <laughs> I'm like, eh, I'm good. Which is not the best way to be, I admit. Like, I want to be open-minded, and I want to be able to learn new things or change my mind if need be. Right. Right. Spoiler alerts, of course. We're going to talk about this show. So if you guys don't want to know anything, I would go watch it and then come back. But if you want to hear it, you can still watch it. We're not going to tell you everything. Yes. So, so yeah, this particular documentary, the main guy is Christopher Gardner. He's the nutrition scientist at Stanford, which sounds very like... Sounds legit to me. Yeah, it sounds legit, right? Stanford, good, great school, you know. And so... Yeah, he did this study with 21 sets of twins, but only four were in the show. And so eight people were either assigned. So one twin would be on an omnivore diet and one twin was assigned a plant-based diet. So it was supposed to be for the first month they were fed. Because, you yes. know, sometimes you just don't they know. They want to like, control. Because that's yeah. the thing is like you try to get people to do these things. And if you don't provide all the meals, you actually – it's a very much a guessing game because we are notoriously terrible at under and overestimating what we ate and even doing a recall is yeah. dicey yeah. at best. Yeah. So they fed them for the first four weeks and then they were on their own. But I did notice that these people were capable. They were already people that were cooking a lot for themselves. Some were already chefs, you know, so they it seems like they did choose people that they knew could execute that last four weeks. And then I noticed that they were eating their trifecta meals, right? So trifecta is a company that you can, anyone of us can go online and order and it will tell you like, hey, get the high protein or get the vegan or get the whatever. And so Mm -hmm. I'm actually not sure which one they ordered for the omnivore. Did they cover that? No, it just said that they, it was going to be a healthy omnivore diet. I don't, yeah, I'm not sure which one it is. Um, I used to get 
trifecta ads out the wazoo. And I'm guessing we're going to get them again. (laughs) No. It starts again. Yeah, I wonder if this was a partnership with Trifecta because surely people might be trying them after seeing this documentary. Oh, I will say the four sets of twins that they showcased in the video that they followed for the show itself, they were of varying ages. So this guy, Christopher Gardner, the nutrition scientist at Stanford, he does say that, you know, these types of studies are very challenging because everybody's body is different, especially their starting points are different. So it is very challenging to get very specific, accurate data on this kind of thing. But they made a point to track quite a bit of things. So microbiome, blood, urine, body comp, physical fitness ability, your biological age via telomeres, which Beth, do you want to explain telomeres? Yes, so telomeres are at the end. So if you you imagine from biology, the chromosomes, it's like the little X looking thing. Mm -hmm. So they're at the end, the chromosomes, the DNA. And then each time there's a replication, it gets a little bit shorter. But what they have found in research is, is that more than just replication can damage the ends, can damage the telomeres. So... The main researcher did say, I don't really believe in this like chronobiology aging and that you could tell a difference in the telomeres, particularly from at all, but particularly in eight weeks. So I'll say that he he had his skepticism. Right. Which (laughs) I like that people share their own skepticisms along the way. I think that presents like a fair discussion, really seemingly. And then they also tracked sexual health function in women by, like, gauging blood blood flow. And so they would – I don't know. It was interesting. And again, yes, this was all just over eight weeks. So, like, how much change can we really make in just eight weeks? Like, you can. And they present that. But then also, like, what happens long term. So, yeah. I'm personally hesitant to watch these because I am a skeptic. I don't like that I'm that way. but And I watch that for myself. But I'm always curious about who's presenting this information. What is the data collected? How is it collected? And then also versus what is actually presented because they may collect a lot of data and then they may only present some like the parts that they want to present. There's nobody holding them to that standard. And it's usually by people who are already have skin in the game, maybe on one side or another. So it's Mm -hmm. always a little bit skewed or biased. And I I mean, I'll admit, like, I wasn't totally sure at first where this was going, but I had my suspicions that it was definitely pushing plant-based and vegan stuff, just because there was more content that Mm -hmm. (laughs) went along with that. And so full disclosure, I did fast forward through some parts. I had to get through all these episodes while my child was napping on Sunday. I wanted to see what the study was. I wanted to see what the results were. And then I kind of, you know, it went through. But like when they were doing kind of those fluff things, like talking about the mass cow farming, I'm like, these are things that I already know. So I just kind of like zoomed through the stuff that I didn't think was super necessary. And then Mm -hmm. I would watch when it was the people. But you watched the entire I watched the whole thing. Yeah, it was the end of our weekend, and so I watched, I benched the whole thing, no fast-forwarding. I didn't know going into it, so I didn't outright assume veganism propaganda, because usually in these documentaries on Netflix, you know, it's pretty obvious right away. I mean, obviously I knew there was going to be something, but I came in with, like, nothing, so... But very similar things that they did in this study, like how they set this up, They've already done these. They've done research like this. Um, A lot of times it is done in animals, but they'll compare 
all these different diets. And so these are done in the research already. Why they wanted to do it again and televise, who knows? For TV. For TV. They got some things. So they got exposed. Who knows? But it doesn't matter. The study happened very similarly to how the study was going to happen. In the show, they took the chefs to the UK, to the fish market, to learn about farmed fish and fresh fish and all of that stuff. And so, you know, like that would never, ever, ever happen in a research study. And they took the two of the guys who were cheese people and they met with the plant-based cheese. So there was like some additional stuff to like get the products in there. And those things wouldn't happen in a research study, but the other aspects of the blood, the stool, urine, um, the VO2 max, the DEXA scan, like all of that and compare diets. They do all that in regular studies and the research is all out there can be found. You just got to decide what you want to pick for and then you get to make your decision (laughs) because can cherry well, pick all the research on diets at this point. And it's also up for debate, like what even really matters. So like if someone's cholesterol is a little elevated, like what type of cholesterol and like, yeah. is, is there blood effect? So it's like, I don't know, is this really, if it's not extraordinarily elevated and actually affecting your health, like we're kind of like, well, I don't know, maybe. It's not- I do wish, I mean, that's when, the, when they did the DEXA scan, um, I've had that same test done I even and I posted it on Instagram they talk about the visceral fat and so they mm, tell you yeah. about that you know that fat that's in and around your organs versus the other fat so that is helpful Which we know for sure it's not good yeah it's not good <laughs> um so I wish they had done the expanded panel the expanded cholesterol panels mm-hmm. where it was is the LDL big or small did that change you know did their LDL type change do they have other markers of heart activity like pla2 so there were some other things that i wish but they did you know test like glucose and insulin and all stuff but they didn't say that they did the expanded cholesterol panels who knows what they actually did in, mm-hmm. in real life there so yeah again like what was actually taken versus presented we'll never know but as you watched you started to notice that there it was getting very pro-vegan yeah <laughs> and like you said you're like I think you wrote a note about it is good to share this information of where our meat and fish come from and how they're raised and how they're fed and how that affects us. But like I did notice the guys that were eating eggs, like they weren't buying pastured eggs. You know, they just bought regular eggs, at least in the beginning. So I don't know. Yeah. The only ones that said that they paid attention to that was the was one of the twins, the gals from South Africa. She Mm -hmm. said that she was mindful about where she gets her eggs from. I feel like to make it equal, they should highlight like, oh, well, you could go to the farmer's market or you could find this particular farm. Like this company does do better practices and has a higher quality product. Well, they did mention that one rancher who has the regenerative farm. I don't know if you fast forwarded through him, but there was a, a regenerative farm rancher in Texas. And so that was good. It's basically grass fed, but you're working very hard to make sure that you are supporting the actual soil of your ranch so you're not just like constantly not depleting one part of your ranch so yeah we want to bring more to light about all of the things going on because i think it is important to vote with your dollars and know where your food is coming from and what you're buying so we totally agree with that (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. It was not as fear-mongering as a lot of other pro-vegan docs that I've seen yeah. in the past, but I was still a little suspicious about, you know, what was going to – how the results were, were going to be presented at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why I wanted to talk about it here because I think it was very convincing and I've already seen people in my feed like, I'm going vegan. <laughs> so we're not like anti-vegan either. Just want to, you know, put that out there. But I don't know. Personally, just like from what I've seen, I don't think you have to go vegan to experience the benefits that we've seen in this documentary. No, I mean, I agree. I will say what they did show in episode like three or four with the trifecta meals that they did is that they did want the omnivore to be a balanced diet. They Mm -hmm. didn't want it to just be, well, we're just going to let them eat whatever their current omnivore diet. It was like, what would a healthy, balanced omnivore diet look like that was pre-done for them to meet these certain criteria versus the vegan no, I loved that because I think it's frustrating when people are like, go vegan. And then they they take someone who's going straight from standard American diet, which if y'all don't know what that is, it's just basically eating mostly highly processed foods and, you know, higher consumption of processed carbohydrates and sugars and all that kind of fun stuff. So when you take somebody on a standard American diet and then you put them on anything that's better, you're going to see improvement. So I, I did like that they at least tried to level the playing field a lot. Yes, because it seemed like for most of them, it was going to up-level their nutrition to some degree. Yeah. Like, what was that documentary? Was it Forks Over Knives? Or where they took the truckers and put them on juice? (laughs) And I was like, well, yeah, if you're on a trucker's lifestyle and then you just start green juicing, like, that's a big difference. difference. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, if you don't see benefits, I would be shocked, you know? So I just feel like those kind of documentaries are really frustrating because then everybody's like, we all got to drink green juice. And you're like, well, yeah, that's a good addition. (laughs) You don't have to be on a 100% juicing lifestyle to experience benefits from it. Absolutely. I think one thing that I just noticed was like the vegans didn't necessarily win every challenge. Like there were some pros and cons on both sides from what I noticed. And the DEXA scans showed some interesting findings on both sides, like not surprising. And one of them was maybe muscle loss from the vegans or slight fat gain on the omnivores. But I'm not sure if the benefits were necessarily. Well, I mean, another thing to think about is that it was eight weeks. Mm-hmm. That is short. Very short. Yes. In the scheme of things, you can move blood biomarkers a lot faster in eight weeks than you can things like body fat and muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Those things do take time. Which is why people get so frustrated with fitness is they're like, but I wanted muscles yesterday. I just started lifting weights. And you're just like, that's not how it works. So there was some muscle loss in some of the women, but was not seen on those two young participants, the Mm -hmm. youngest um, twin couple. Which that guy, by the way, he said it took him like three years to get to the... Like he's his base of where they started, yeah. Like he described himself as, you know, scrawny or thin, and then he had been building muscle over the last three years before he started yeah. this, right? So right. it took him three years. Yeah, so <laughs> it took him a while. And and so they he did not actually the vegan in that group in that twin city where they were already very in shape, he did actually put on an additional two pounds of muscle, but he was very focused on that because that was already his goal. So he wanted to see could he keep that momentum going 
and and do that and they were in finishing up nursing school so i feel so i think that was one of his challenges can i still do this with the time and can i get enough calories to still build muscle so he did build muscle the people that didn't were the older women who didn't do as much weight training as was recommended by them they kept adding in more cardio and at the same time they were cutting down their carbs significantly that was actually something that I really enjoyed was that was it the trainer or the dietitian was like kind of calling them out. Not sure saying, what like, she was. Yes. <laughs> I don't know who she was. I'm not quite sure what her title was, but um, she was the one that ran the DEXA lab. But she it was interesting because she was like, you know, it really is important to feel your body, especially when you're eating vegan, because some of this stuff she did say like some was less nutrient dense, but I feel like there's still a lot of nutrient dense foods in vegan lifestyles. So it just depends. But you know, like the the woman had said she got a little fearful of it being so high carb. And so she had cut her carbs. And, yeah. you know, they were like, this is where diet culture comes into play as we have these old beliefs about how carbs affect us. And this isn't. Oh, that really was the a case. trainer that was said. Oh, that she was part. the trainer. The one yeah. that said about diet culture and carbs was it was one of the trainers. trainers. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, OK, I'm glad that they're noticing that. Like, yes, you do have to feel your body to get better results. And I was yeah. like, OK, check for that because that was. Yeah. So what helpful. they told the women was, is like, well, you underfed yourself. Mm-hmm. And so when you do that, your body has a hard time holding on to muscle. It will start to break itself down. Yeah, it's not necessarily going to just burn fat. It's going to burn your muscle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's part of the tricky part in all people is can you do some of the weight maintenance, whether you are have like, say you are bulking or not bulking is like, can you lose, like say you are a heavy weightlifter and you go through these bulking phases, right? So, and then you have lean down phases. And so can you preserve the bulk that you met while going, while leaning down? Because it is challenging to maintain muscle mass when you are losing when you're trying to lose body fat because it's it's a challenge your body kind of tries to fight that process and so it requires a fuel balance to be able to do that so when people lose weight sometimes they're not losing the fat that they want to be losing they're losing muscle muscle mass water and muscle mass more than they expect yeah, which is why those scans are awesome because your body composition is going to give you a lot more information. I mean, the yeah. visceral fat thing was very cool. I was like, how do I get that? Oh, the, you, uh, is that UT, a DEXA scan? Yeah, UT Lab okay. does it. And then there's one, like a mobile one that I keep seeing ads for that's here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess some other some other results that were presented that were not shocking was the LDL went down in vegans. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a given if you're reducing a lot of your animal saturated fats, I mm-hmm. guess. They said that the telomeres got a little longer on the vegans, mm-hmm. but the omnivores remained the same. So it wasn't necessarily like. Yeah, I think if there was a change on somebody's, it was like 0. 0.0 something percent of a change. It was minimal. Yeah. yeah. There was increased blood flow in the vegans, especially within that woman's sexual health study. That mm-hmm. was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Which I, I guess is just curious because then it's like that obviously has something to do not just blood flow, but maybe hormones. What do you think? Yeah, I think it could be both. I don't know. But I mean, when they talk about men and so the reason why they only did the women for the study is they have lots of research on the men already and they are now starting to do the research on the women finally. So but like a lot of times what we talk about with erectile dysfunction in men is like if you have that, it's an artery problem. So that's a blood flow problem. That's like blood flow artery problem. 
So it's a sign that there are other worse things going on. Right. But of course, our industry is like, just take Viagra. Just take Viagra. It's fine. <laughs> and women don't need that. They'll just figure it out. Be fine. Like, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so I guess my only curiosity here, and I, I just, I get a little defensive when people come for meat, is like, Yes, they were on kind of a healthier omnivore plan. But what if, you know, what if there was some hybrid where you're like, yes, I'm still eating an abundance of vegetables, like with some meat, you know, mm-hmm. like what would those results be like? Right. Yeah, because they we don't know how much fiber was given to each group. Like they didn't mm-hmm. say this, these people got this amount of plants and fiber and then this, the vegans were getting this number of servings and this number of fiber because that would be really good information. For sure. Which I was going to ask you about, you know, in the beginning, there's that graphic where they talk about gut microbiome, which I feel like they didn't really talk about in the results. They did. I'm, they did? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they're talking about you have to have plant fiber in mm-hmm. your gut so that your bacteria can have good food to eat and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But then they were like, and if you don't, it's essentially eating yourself. Yeah, the mucus layer. Yeah. So I wonder, like, I had this, like, totally non-clinical theory because I'm not a doctor for dietitian. But I was like, is that why there's so many more people with, like, food allergies or celiac? Is it just because, like, we're not getting enough fiber? I think that that is a good part of it, but it's not all of it. Because, you know, if 70% of our immune system is in our gut – And our bacteria is a major influencer of that. But some of it is also the fact that we have very low other vitamins and minerals that are needed. But the fiber is a huge component of that. Yes, because of all of the signaling done from the short chain fatty acids, butyrate being the main one, we have a couple, we have a few others that do that signaling. So a lot of it has to do with that. And then there's this other interesting thing that happens in that gut lining with the immune system is they show the little pictures of like the, all the cells, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what will happen is underneath that. So kind of in that blood flow layer, neurons will come in and kind of stick up and be like, what's going on? Kind of like, you know, to the wind, (laughs) stick your finger out in the wind, see what the wind's doing. But the neurons will do that in the gut and kind of take a sample of what's happening. And so if the right things are not going on, that is also part of the immune milieu that's going on down there. So yes, a very low fiber diet is a huge component of what's going on. I don't know that celiac number rates have increased. I think the percentage of people with celiac is the same, but the number of people that are gluten intolerant is increasing. So as population increases, the the celiac numbers are relatively stable with that. But what's changing is that gluten sensitivity. And and that's what's like the quality of our gluten and then the lack of fiber in a diet. Correct. And how we process the bread, right? So it's no longer a natural sourdough. You know, it's that quick fermentation process. And that quick fermentation process changes that gluten structure that we didn't have until the early 1900s. Mm -hmm. To me, that was all really great information. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably very educational for a lot of people. And we're always pro eating more plants, for sure. Yeah. I looked at it. 
And I was like, oh, I really need Bill to like watch all of this because this is like pretty much is like a really nice cliff notes of my entire career and like how I like function and like what I do with people. And so like if you could just watch this, like, you know, with the study part, like, you know, what they were studying and why and this gut thing, like it was just like a really cliff notes version of the things. And it's like, yeah. But what do you think they missed that you would have included or that maybe you disagree with? Well, they, again, I will bring up, I wish they had done more expanded cholesterol panels. Oh my gosh, that thumb. It's because Um, you did that. I did do that. But I'm like, why doesn't it do it every time? Okay, so they didn't do that. And then they did not talk about processed vegan diets because a good number of vegans eat junk. For sure. Like it's like a very processed vegan diet and that's not that much healthier i think those were the two main things for me yeah yeah i guess for me too it's just like well yeah i think a lot of people could benefit from being vegan for four to eight weeks but what happens to a lot of people long term it's not really always sustainable for everybody. oh yeah they didn't talk about the vitamins and minerals that would you would need to take mm-hmm. in order to supplement right so were those people on b12 supplements that were on the vegan diet. Like they didn't talk about that. Yeah. Um, and so you would, they would need to make sure they were on some supplements for that and monitoring iron status and, and B12. Yeah. I mean, you've seen lab work of several vegans that have come into the office where it's shown like, you know, they're depleted and it's like, mm-hmm. maybe they can do it if they can get their veganism to the place where it's really balanced and giving them everything they need. Or sometimes we're like, are you okay eating an egg once in a while or a little bit of fish? Like Mm -hmm. if you are, that's going to get you to where you need a lot faster. So yeah, I don't know. It's like, I just, I'm I'm pro all the things and, you know, whole foods and eating a lot of vegetables, but I just, I don't want people to be like freaked out. Like you have to be vegan or you shouldn't eat meat. I I don't think that's the message necessarily. No, I don't think that that's the message. One thing I, I liked, especially the regenerative farmer, brought up is like the amount of protein that is available animal-based protein that is produced is too much like Mm -hmm. he said it's gluttonous and Mm -hmm. he was like even he's like you can't do this scale on a regenerative farm like we need to cut down everybody needs to cut down on the amount of animal-based protein that we take in Mm -hmm. but he's a and he's a rancher that's his right. entire livelihood. He wasn't right. a rancher and a farmer. And so I, I think that that point is true. I think that we need to up one thing and reduce another, but I don't think that we we need to go either or. There are, like, we don't make our own vitamin C like other animals or mammals. So where do we get that? We get that from fruits and vegetables. So we have to get these things. We need fiber, but we also can't get B12 you know, and that's an animal-based product. And so it's like there, there's, there is evidence in, if you look at our intestines, it is an omnivore intestine. So we can switch back and forth as needed and have all the things. Mm -hmm. Not to bring everything back to Japan, but I feel like you experienced a little bit with the portion sizes and like, they're not giving you an eight ounce piece of meat. It's like two, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was two, two to three, three at most. Yeah. Yeah. 
Did y'all ever go to a steakhouse in Japan? <laughs> no, but we did have steak when we went out to Gifu, which is kind of not far from where they just had the earthquake. They have a different kind of um, specialty beef out there. Anyways, they we did go to a dinner, and it is it was a much smaller portion. And then we went to like a, a Mexican, traditional Mexican place, and then what they served for all of us is what most people would get for themselves. Right. But then also we have found in other countries, they're not eating as many vegetables, but yet they're still very healthy. How does that work? I know like in Argentina at home, they eat mostly vegetables, not a lot of meat. I think that might be shifting. And so going out to eat there is very meat heavy because, Mm. but it's because they're going out to eat to get that and they're not cooking that at home. And so then there's that balance. So I don't. But I don't Yeah, there's just so many variables like lifestyle, genetics, environment, quality of food. It, it almost seems really hard to track. It does. Or to, or to prove like this way is the way. This is exactly how we should all eat, you know? Yes. Um, I started to get confused for a moment. They were like, they do talk about that. It's not. It's because I also started reading Mark Hyman's Pegan book. And because I was curious about it since it came out and I went to Half Price Books yesterday and got it. And he talks about this. He's like, not everyone's the same. He's like, there's all these diets, but the two that keep coming up over and over and over again, pitted against each other is vegan versus paleo. And, you know, which one is better? And he's like, there are people that thrive off the paleo diet is great for them. They do wonderful and others do not do well. And there are people that try the vegan diet because their friend told them how amazing it was and they don't do well. And so he's like, there is no one specific diet that meets everything. And so if we start with this like paleo vegan combo where it's a lot of plants, a little bit of meat, and then you make the adjustments for where you need to go. And he was like, it is super variable, but these are the knowns about what we need in terms of fiber for most people. And we do need a little bit of these vitamins and minerals from these other products, mm-hmm. other sources. Yeah. And so when you're like focusing on that, and then it's also like, we live in America and there's all this other, like, I just picture these food commercials where they're like, eat this pizza, eat this fried chicken. You know, it's just like, how do we fit all that in do? And I don't know. It's a lot. I mean, I'm not, like ever shocked why people are so confused or frustrated no so. never <laughs> yeah i got i just am like uh, i i think it's incredibly i mean i do this all day every day and i think it's hard you just have to just fight against that urge of like god it would be so nice to just do this you know to be to make it be easy and whatnot so i feel for everyone that you know, has to do this I guess another thing that I really liked about this, now that I'm thinking about it, is that it was not just focused on weight alone. No, it was not. Right? It's like, let's look at these other factors of how it affects your overall health. And that's what we're usually talking to people about, which is like, yeah, like I understand that you want your pants to fit or that you feel uncomfortable in your body. And those are important. And what about your actual health? Yeah. Let's look at other things that are going on. And so when people are like, well, how do I know if eating a certain way is working for me? It's like, well, how do you feel? You know, are you getting the things done that you want to get done? Do you have energy? Like, are you regular? Yeah. Are your labs moving Mm -hmm. in the direction towards health? So, 
there's so many other data points that are important other than just the scale. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> yes. So yeah, we agree. Eat, we, we usually tell people eat six cups of vegetables a day. That's usually the goal. Do we do that every single day? No, but no, we eat. That's, that's, that's what I'm going for. It's what I go it's for. It's the goal. It's like the goal every day, right? You know, we say always be vegging. How can I add a vegetable for, you know, with something? Even if I'm not in the mood, I'm like, can I just eat like one carrot? <laughs> like, can I just, what can I get in there? You know, that's what Bill does. Just like yeah. go in there in the fridge, just pull out a carrot and wash it and wrap it up. <laughs> and like, that's what he leaves the house with. I'm like, you're not going to like peel that like what's happening here <laughs> I, I will peel i do not like carrot skin me neither but i'm like yeah it tastes like dirt and so yeah and sometimes i'm like you know what like vegetables are my medicine i don't always expect them to be the most delicious thing on the plate and that's kind of a challenge too because it's like well yeah this is just i know i need to eat these to be healthy and I like them when they taste good, but sometimes they don't to me, and that's okay, too. Yeah, like what um, we have available for taste is so much better than what we had even a yeah. 100 years ago, where it was basically some salt, some pepper, and then, I mean, unless you were in a country where it was like a spice-rich country, but if you were in middle America a 100 years ago, holy Batman, your food was incredibly boring. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So it can be tough because you're like, why would I want to eat vegetables when I can eat pizza? And to that, we're like, why not both? Yeah. People <laughs> always ask like, what? So we have like the six cups of veggies. What we're aiming for is like 50 grams of fiber a day from all sources is like the optimal minimum. The Ten. guidelines are tw either 20 or 25 now. I think they used. I think they Has were gone up 20, or down? I think they were twenty now or twenty five because they're like, no, we really need that extra five. But the average is ten grams, so we're talking less than two servings of vegetables, maybe one serving of fruit. So I was like, googling, what does fifty grams of fiber look like? It's very reasonable. Yeah, and with AI these days, you could literally go onto oh. ChatGPT and say, hey. What would a day of eating, like give me a menu that includes 50 grams of fiber and give me 10 days worth and it will give it to you. Yeah, that's, I have a meal plan uh, product that I use for clients and I, I always have that as my minimum yeah. in there. So I sure hope we gave you something new to think about today and helped you take one more step on your path to freeing yourself from diet culture. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at path underscore nutrition. We would love to work with you in 2024. No matter where you are, we can meet you where you're at with options that work for you. So get started now by going to our website, pathnutrition.com to learn more and get started. Bye, Bye everyone.